Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Intro Cast, where we talk about lots of things, but eventually get back on topic and talk about Red Dwarf. <laughs> uh, this week, we are looking into a Season 3, Episode 4, Body Swap. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm uh, Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Executive Officer. Yeah, I'm Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest this week? Yes, that's me, Russ. Hello, Russ. Hello, Russ. Hi, Russ. Hi, Russ. All right. Uh, well, Russ, uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, tell everyone where you're from, uh, your your history with Red Dwarf, and uh, why you agreed at the last minute to be on this crazy podcast. Well, I'm in the UK, and I've been watching Red Dwarf since I was about six or seven. I think I started with series three. It could have been series four. My memory's a bit hazy. And um, in general, I'm a comedy and sci-fi fan. Cool. Cool. And tell us about that new podcast you're starting. Uh, well, I, well, I write for a gaming website called Hard Reset, and we thought we'd start a podcast, and I, I've been promoted to the person who has to edit it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, sometimes that's a promotion and sometimes a demotion, but you know. Yeah, we, yeah, we all know about editing, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, good deal. Uh, let's see, I guess we will get started with Sean. Do you want to tell us what or this Shane. body swap thing is all about? If you could get my name right, Heath, yes, I will do. <laughs> what did I say? Sean. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. I have a buddy named Sean and I've been talking to him lately. Uh, sorry. Shane! Maybe you should tell us uh, what it's about instead of Sean. <laughs> Good save. Now, here we go. Sean, can you tell us what it's about? <laughs> of course, I'd be happy to. On this episode, The Crew of the Red Dwarf. Uh, no, okay, that doesn't work at all. One of the scutters goes mental and rewires the ship, including the auto-destructivites. When Lister accidentally sets it off, Croton uses the hologram disc to replace Lister's mind with that of senior member of the with that of a senior member of the crew, who has authority to shut it down. This gives Rumor the idea of putting his mind into Lister's body. Lister agrees to, to the swap so Rumor can put his body through a fitness and health regime. But will the temptation of a of bodily desire be too much for the former hologram? Quick answer: Yes. Will it indeed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this was a neat episode, I thought. I completely forgot about the scutter at the beginning. The episode ended up so far away from that. <laughs> yeah. Although I was glad to see him. I had been missing the scutters. Yeah, you did You did mention on our last podcast that you hadn't seen the scutters all season so far. First episode of this, first uh, image of this one, a scutter! A crazy yes. scutter. The triumphant returns. Uh, And in fact, yeah, my first note is the scudders are back. Yay! Yep. (laughs) So, uh, some some weird existential questions in this one. Because, you know, at first they were just putting the memory engram, I guess, into into Lister to, to try and save the ship. But then, if they can switch... Rimmer and Lister at will. 
then are they saying that the totality of someone's being is definitively in the mind and not the and not the soul or or any sort of spirit or or is a hologram uh, somehow a recorded spirit? It's like lots of weird philosophical, quasi-religious questions. If you wanted to get into that that way, I don't know. Um, I I just sort of think that they're. I mean, last time we had the identity being situated in the emotions and that emotions for androids and holograms exist in some way that a genetic mutation can leech off of. Um, But then we've got, like, now it's memories? Yeah. Yeah, basically, I don't know how many of y'all out there have watched uh, Joss Whedon's Dollhouse, but um, this is very much a precursor to Dollhouse. Also, there are some episodes that a funny Freaky Friday body swap episode. <clears throat> well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, probably starting out too heavy because this was a fun episode for the most part. Yeah, let's not do serious shit business. Let's play poker. see I wanted to see their ship poker game (laughs) Lister and Rimmer playing poker you wanted the next generation moment Data sitting there with his little cap and (laughs) I guess Crichton would have to wear the dealer's cap I wanted to see who holds Rimmer's cards for him probably a (laughs) scutter a crazy scutter So, uh, oh, this, but so, what was that, Shane? I was about to say. So, this goes to the vending machine and tries to order some food. As he's saying, we can't touch any electrical devices. Give me a milkshake and a crispy. Make sure not to touch any electrical devices. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was so nice I hated, um, oh, yeah. I, I actually kind of hated that they had to make that last-minute switch there. I was kind of looking forward uh, to getting the captain back in there, since they, they keep going back to him as a character, and thought he might somehow make a, another appearance. But it would be, it was funnier, I guess, to have the female officer. Mm-hmm. I know, Lister's who body. the heck is Carol Brown? Seriously. <laughs> The executive officer, apparently. Um, apparently, going, yeah. <laughs> going back to the vending, the auto-destruct vending machine, that was actually voiced by Mike Agnew, the projection um, manager. Hmm. We all know who Mike Agnew is. Um, the guy from last season in, this, in the uh, Lister suit. He's been making appearances oh, yeah. all over the making appearances all over the place. Ah. Is he related to Spiro? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a dumb reference even for me. Okay. Uh, uh, good point to anyone who can tell me who Spiro Agnew is. Go ahead, love. I'm sorry. Uh, Crichton continues his job as exposition. Yes. But you know what? Um, 
uh, just uh, to, for a quick update on this, you know, again, we're not minding Crichton so much nowadays. Uh, we haven't really had many episodes where we're really getting lots and lots of Crichton, but at least he's he's serving a purpose now, and we're getting an idea of his personality with the whole guilt thing and uh, how he's being used and abused by Rimmer. True. Hmm. And he has this weird relationship with Cat. Like, they hang out. Yeah. I loved the shared laugh between those two, but that's that's later on in the episode. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I want I want to see more of that. I want to see just Cat and Crichton hanging out, making fun of Lister <laughs> and Rimmer. Have buddy comedy. Cat and Android solves crimes together. Uh, but yeah, when he switched over Lister's mind to the um, uh, computer chip, then I was like screaming, Don't give it to Cat! Don't give it to Cat! Why are you doing that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instantly drops it into coffee. Uh huh. That was actually um, Danny John Jules' idea. Cool. Cool. <laughs> And I love that uh, centuries from now we will get off of this whole digital media thing and go back to tiny audio tapes. Yes. Because they're so reliable. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Oh, and can we deal with the fabulousness of Cat's earring? Oh, yeah. The giant oh, yeah. fish <laughs> earring, yeah. <clears throat> The, the fish earring, that was amazing, wasn't it? Although it looked like it was about to pull his earlobe off. <laughs> I mean, that thing looked really heavy. I've worn heavy earrings before, and they're kind of uncomfortable unless you're used to them. Yeah, that was a... But, but we all sacrificed to fashion. What co- sort of rocking the 80s Mr. T thing there with the giant earrings, yeah. <laughs> what... What was the earring? Did anybody make a note of that? It was a fish. Yeah, it was a fish skeleton. Yes, it, yes, it certainly was. And in fact, ooh, what if it was the metallic skeleton of Lister's goldfish? <gasps> ooh! I think that's fabulous. So we're just going to pretend like, like that's what it is. Okay. Yes. I'm going to eat you the fishies and then wear you as earrings. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's talk about body swapping. Um, so we get Carol Brown in uh, Lister's body, and they do one of the annoying body swap tropes that I have never liked uh, on anything, which is that when somebody is in somebody else's body, despite physics and biology and reality, they speak in their own voice rather than the voice that the vocal cords they're currently using ought to make. Yeah. And Lister still has his own vocal cords. How does he speak an octave and a half higher? So let's just go ahead and talk about the voiceover work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was bad. <laughs> now, okay, you know, we have I... seen a scene of them doing impressions of each other. And while Rimmer... Is fabulous as always. 
boy Craig Charles just no no (laughs) so I can see why they did the voiceover work but yeah yeah, I got the impression from the Facebook group that the voiceover work is not popular Um, how they did that actually was um, was they filmed the scene to start with what we what like what you've just seen on the uh, that was linked on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. They did the scene again, but only mouthing the words so they could get all the background noise. Yeah. Then they edited everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you know we were a little disappointed because we've seen Chris Berry do bang up impressions of of almost everyone on the ship, and. Uh, you know he's 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 got a talent for it obviously, and we were kind of looking forward to them using the body swap premise to get some of that in. But um, I don't think Craig Charles was quite able to hold up his end. Uh, he he still sounded like Lister. Very much so. And okay, I have a bit of a theory on this. Mm-hmm. I think that Craig Charles didn't want to do a Lister or a a Rimmer impression. I think he was doing a bad job on purpose. Why didn't ha- uh, why, why didn't have to? No. Well, I've I watched the scene where they were trying to do the impressions of each other and like, he wasn't even trying. Well, like, well, the, th- well, the thing is, they wouldn't sing is that was just uh, Chris Barry. Wanting to do the impression, they didn't have to do the impression because they knew the voice were going to be overdubbed later on anyway. Okay. Oh, so, so it was never even considered that they would try to do impressions no. of each no. other. Oh, okay. Oh, oh lame. <laughs> I thought that they tried and failed and 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 defaulted to voicing over. Yeah. Oh well. I would have liked to see him try to do a Rimmer impression. Now that I know he wasn't even trying. But yeah, to me, it, I mean, aside from just my little suspension of disbelief being strained by, you know, mystical vocal cord transference, <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of thought that was a missed opportunity for some some fun acting. Uh, you know, there was, oh, again, get out your bingo cards, folks. Uh, it's time for Heath mentions Buffy for no reason again. <laughs> um, but, there was a, a Buffy body swap episode, and, uh, you know, we got some really good acting out of Sarah Michelle Gellar on that, playing um, as Faith. Uh, Eliza Dushku, she tried to, to play Buffy, and, and <laughs> probably not as strong her strongest performance. Uh, did um, she? Yeah. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> That's news to me! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, to, it was still a fun premise, though, and, and it was good to see the actors sort of stretch. And, and I guess they were still able to do some physical acting uh, yeah. on, on this episode of Red Dwarf. But, yeah, I, I, I like when they at least make the attempt. But Yeah, they did the oh, same well. thing in the Harry Potter movies, and it drives me crazy every time. Yeah, especially, I mean, yeah, why would Polyjuice Potion forget to change the, the voices? It doesn't make sense. Anyway. Well, the same reason that the Imperious Curse makes people's eyes glaze over evilly, and <laughs> so you can yeah. tell when people are being controlled. Yes. 
Anyway, so, this has uh, been in a the great uh, yeah in the great Star Trek tradition of um, <laughs> uh, of Admiral um, or or Executive Officer codes to blow up the ship or keep the ship from blowing up. Carol Brown's code was zero one zero one zero one. I like to think that she's just really lazy at coming up with passwords. Exactly. <laughs> this is the passcode that determines whether or not the ship is going to explode. You need to come up with something very specific that you can remember. Right. Zero one zero one zero one. Really? Oh, okay. Like the password to her email is password. <laughs> <laughs> But well, yeah, also, bear in mind. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, uh, as they suggest, it's not only that code, they're also doing a brain scan. So that it's more, yeah. if yeah. the brain doesn't match, then it won't work. So the password isn't really that important. I suppose. Fair enough. And I guess, you know, in a, a scary, stressful situation, you want to find some something that you can think of very quickly. Mm. like you don't want to try the wrong one three times and then it lock you out of the system when the ship is about to blow up <laughs> one two three four five it's like the password an idiot would put on his luggage <laughs> oh. <sighs> oh, but yes and of All course right. the first thing she notices is that she has male genitalia Whenever there is a body swap episode and they don't automatically think this, I'm always like, okay, that's immediately what I would think about. Because that's just got to be a terrifying change. <laughs> like, again, to reference Harry Potter, when Hermione suddenly turns into Harry, the first thing she notices is his eyesight. Mm-hmm. Really? Or she was just saying, gee, Harry, you have bad eyesight to mask the fact that she was staring at his naked junk. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, off of Harry Potter. <laughs> Even though it's Let's awesome. step away from the, the pornographic implications of various scenes in Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. More into the episode, uh, to Kipper's Vindaloo. Ew. Ew. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Kippers. Hmm. So, uh, Kippers, that's uh, that's yep. fish, right? Yeah. Sort of like sardines. Yeah. yeah. Well, a wonderful fish that is as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and and how are they? How are they typically served? Um, usually anywhere you want them. Actually, um, I personally always used to have them with a plate of mashed potato. But as far as uh, cooking the fish itself, do you like bake, grill, broil, fry? Uh, boil. Boil? Mm. Huh. Boiled kippers. Are, are they... Uh, Why are the I did mashed anyway? potatoes you mentioned like the giant plate of mashed potatoes <laughs> we saw <laughs> in this episode? <laughs> no, I wouldn't go quite that far. <laughs> and, and are kippers often eaten with breakfast? It could be. That's just one of those things that we read about, but, you know, it's it's not a thing here. So I've, I've always been terribly curious about kippers. Yeah. 
anyway, so I can't imagine that Vindaloo would 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 be a, a good uh, a good match. Nonetheless, I I could go, I could I could give you a few kipper recipes if you want me to. Yes. <laughs> okay then, I will do. I will, I will see if I can well find them here for a reasonable price. <laughs> I don't even know um, who would have kippers here. I don't think Walmart has a kipper section. So. No, I think if you're looking for anything other than catfish or tilapia around here, then it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, they are hiring Omega-3. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they, uh, yeah. Oily fish typically are. Hmm. Okay, Kippers, uh, moving on from that then. Oh, yeah, Rimmer had some hilarious dialogue there with the Alfred Hitchcock bit. I gotta mm. laugh out of that. Yeah, there's been a lot of fat jokes levied at Lister this season. Like in Marooned, then Rimmer talks about him having a big butt. But it's funny. <laughs> I know, but I, I feel sort of bad for him. <laughs> Especially with what happens to his body this this time around. <laughs> but I still want those mashed potatoes. <laughs> that was glorious. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I actually noticed, before um, they even talked about the body swap and yeah. everything, I noticed that um, Rimmer had a set of dueling muskets above his bed that I had not noticed before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, gee, that's kind of weird. Why is there dueling muskets crossed over his, his pillow now? Which I think actually, have they changed what side his pillow is on? Uh, no. I don't think so. Anyway. Have they? But yeah, muskets. Well, ori- well originally, uh, when they were, you're talking, when they when they were originally in the, uh, in season one, mm-hmm. I remember R- Rimmer being sleeping on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. But, that's huh. it. Well, because I noticed that his, uh, well, as Sheldon would say, that he's he's not facing the door mm. in his bed, <laughs> and so he can't see if marauders are going to come in. <laughs> But he has muskets so above his head, mm. so I guess that he could shoot the marauders, except he's a hologram. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. But yes. So they do the swap. Mm-hmm. Yes. With the agreement that Rimmer will put in two weeks of hard training, a 100,000-mile service upgrade on, on Lister's body. Okay. And yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Lister should have known better. <laughs> when when has Rimmer ever followed through on anything? Mm. Anything. He he talks about exercising, but of course, you know, uh, like with the Queeg episode, remember, he's like, well, uh, Holly and I had an agreement that, you know, I say get up this early and do exercise. Well, what I really mean is let me sleep until 1030 and have breakfast ready for me. <laughs> So yeah, this is all on Lister, this episode. He should have known that Rimmer wasn't going to follow through. But we are talking about the exact same person who, in in the earlier in this same episode, when he was told not to touch anything. 
<laughs> it almost went for the destruction of the ship. True. Yeah. <laughs> so they do their swap, and um, yeah, they go straight to a penis joke. Awesome. Yep. My, I have to say that's my favourite scene in the entire episode. Well, I like the preparation that he made. You know, he was going to put on a blindfold. He was going to use these tongs <laughs> to hold it. But then he's like, I, I just have to look. You forgot <laughs> I about- just can't <laughs> not look. You forgot about the red rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Who is um, Captain Emerald? Uh, that's a... Um... I don't know what's that. That's a reference to Captain Scarlet. Who is Captain Scarlet? Who is Captain Scarlet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great TV show. There you go. Seen it. Yes, well, please tell us all about Captain Scarlet. Ooh, Captain Scarlet was a puppet show from the 60s, but a sci-fi one oh. set in the future with an indestructible hmm. man um, solving crimes and fending off aliens, things like that. Cool. Sounds cool. Have you heard? Of, uh, have you ever heard of Thunderbirds? Um, well, yes, they're a Native American tradition of giant birds uh, said to be big enough to carry men off, uh, and they were uh, greatly feared, considered to be uh, spirits associated with uh, rain and storm. No, no. <laughs> well, hey, you asked. That's what a thunderbird is. Now, 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 what thunderbirds are you talking about? We're, 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 well, in the first instance, we are, I'm referring to the absolutely god awful film that was made about seven or eight years ago, um, directed by Jonathan Frakes of Star Trek: The Next Generation theme, mm-hmm. um, which was originally based on a great 1960s puppetry um, series. And that was done by the same people who made Captain Scarlet. Oh, I must okay. have given that one a miss. Oh, it's, that's a shame. Frakes is Frakes is actually a, a very good director in a lot of things. I'm surprised he made a bomb. I don't. Th- I don't think Steven. To be with you, I don't think even Steel, Steven Spielberg could have made a great film for <laughs> that script. <laughs> Captain Scarlet. Well, I will have to look that up. Oh, by the way, I've really been enjoying Dark Place. Oh, Darth Mungus Dark Place. Oh, Excellent. yeah. Amazing. Really putting us great. on to that. We've seen three episodes now. Good stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Rimmer in Lister's body is using Ajax to scrub him <laughs> down. <laughs> and then he commits an atrocity. Mm. Oh, I I was screaming. No, no, don't cut them off. Don't. <laughs> that was the worst thing ever. It would have been better if he had actually lost the arm than <laughs> when he cut off the hair things. <laughs> I was in mourning for his hair locks. Yeah, that was that was pretty brutal, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure somebody might correct me on, in the Facebook group, but I'm pretty sure that were um, actually extensions. 
I would have guessed, mm. but yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because this episode was filmed, I believe, either 4th or 5th of the season. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he had to have the hair back later on. Yeah. It was still very, very sad. Mm. But But then he, like, of uh, ties them back on there at the end. <laughs> so sad. Oh, and so see. then he delves into hedonism. I knew he was going to do that mm-hmm. too. <laughs> Although, I mean, partially, from what I understand, Holly helps simulate the the necessary mm. human experiences i guess with eating and drinking that and and i didn't really realize that holograms were quite so deprived as all that to turn straight to crazy hedonism um yeah it's probably not as good as the real thing is it yeah yeah virtual food Well, it was in uh, Better Than Life. Yeah, the triple fried egg <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> but yeah. But but then, like, I don't know. Maybe it's the difference between like diet food and real real food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you've got to miss the experience of because he kept like shoving his face into the things. So mm. maybe he's missing that <laughs> sensory feel of you know food and mouth and that's probably going to get really dirty really quick so i'm going to stop mm. apparently that <laughs> apparently that the, the visceral experience yes <laughs> <laughs> apparently that was a uh, real gravy that he poured over his head oh wow lovely wow mm. i know he lovely. does all of his own stunts yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> Great gravy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they follow Crazy Rimmer in the white midget, but it was still blue. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've we've missed a couple of scenes that I really want to talk about. I I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead in sorry. my notes here. I was just curious about that. So yeah, but anyway, keep that in mind, and we'll we'll go over the okay. others then. Um, all right. So Crichton is force to kidnap and chloroform a struggling Lister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now, Rimmer's insane. get very many scenes in this one, but that was particularly good. Yeah. Why did he struggle so? <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned the white midget. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that was mis- that was actually a mistake. Gotcha. Oh. Um, originally Starberg was originally going to be called the white midget compared the white midget to the blue midget. Right. And then, of course, star, what, the, blue, the white midget becomes Stradarberg. They still kept that reference in the script. Uh-huh. That's why he was, was flung the blue midget. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering. So yeah, poor Crichton. Rimmer, it's Rimmer is insane. 
and and <laughs> that he can order around Crichton with Crichton having absolutely no free will to resist is just monstrous. Mm. I kind of I kind of wish that he could go back to rebellion mode if necessary. I don't know. I think Crichton is using that as an excuse to not take responsibility for his own actions. What? I think he can <laughs> resist. He just doesn't want to. I don't get that impression, but okay. <laughs> well, he has resisted before. But well, that was before him, him being his being uh, rebuilt, though. No, in the polymorph episode, he wasn't following well, yeah, orders. But, well, but his personality was messed up then. Yeah, so he can resist. We had his well, guilt maybe, taken away. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. Maybe uh, maybe his obedience ship uh, works on a guilt principle, and that it is his overbearing guilt that forces him to obey, and then without that, it, it short-circuited. Justify! <laughs> Some would say human beings are uh, programmed to obey via guilt. And then some would be pretentious gits. So, moving yeah. on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the kidnapping, the chase. I have here in my notes, THE ARM! FINALLY! In yep. exclamation marks in all caps. <sighs> Those bastards. <laughs> they tricked you. They got me. That was a good one. What do you think of the model shots? Oh, pretty good. I wasn't quite as as overwhelmed with them as I was with uh, um, with the ones in Maroon. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess just because I'd already I'd already seen it, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess there was more of them, and they were probably more complex. But I wasn't quite as awed by them as mm -hmm. I was before. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought that the rocky terrain maybe made them look just a little more fake looking. Mm -hmm. Like, something about the Maybe snowy so. terrain sort of mm. added a sense of realism. Mm. Which sort Could of be. doesn't make sense, but oh well. <laughs> Going back to Thunderbirds again. Thunderbirds, <laughs> Again, yes. yes. Maybe uh, the, right. <laughs> Native American giant animals. Yes. Um, Peter Vag, who was the... Um, um, model shop got The model shot guy... Uh -huh. uh, for Thunderbirds was also the guy who did the shot for the sh for the show as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! If no, do you have a question for you? Yes. Yeah. How tough is Starbug? It is very <laughs> tough. Like it's it's a good thing they found this thing because <laughs> it survived okay. all of the rest. There's a question. I mean, you say found it. Um, it didn't really exist in the first season, or it was just sitting there in storage mm. all the first season while they inexplicably used the blue midget for mm. everything. Where did Starbug come from? Do we ever find out? Was it a stock Red Dwarf yeah. ship, or did they salvage it from, from Crichton's ship, or from some strange alien women that they came across in a, a missing episode? What's, what's going on uh, there? No, it's a JMC ship. Okay. So... Uh, it was there, and we just uh, didn't remember it. S-O-D, S-O-D. <laughs> um, if you want to go in show, I've, I've always thought that um, the Blue Midget is much more of a 
racky kind of a ship. Mm-hmm. Where if you just want to go down to the planet, then you've got a ship. However, right. if you want to do a proper tour of somewhere, then that's the, that's the Starbuck. Okay. Hey, maybe the the Starbuck wasn't put together, and it was all stored in pieces in all of those empty cardboard boxes that was in Polymorph, but then they put it together, but then they stacked up all of the cardboard boxes. Justified? Possibly. <laughs> so yeah, what was the? Uh, so so Starbug is the. Um, oh, what was the what was the shuttle on the the shuttlecraft on Voyager that was so much better than the regular the Delta yeah. Flyer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the shuttle bug is the Delta Flyer then. Oh boy, where was I going with that? Well, you know, but, you know the last time we talked about Star Trek Voyager, we went on to Neelix, so please, let's move off. Please, <laughs> right now. <laughs> yes. You're the, you're the only one. Fine. I, I'm used to having the unpopular opinion. <laughs> uh... So, let's see, they fake us out. And then, yeah, with the arm joke, Crichton and Kat share this <laughs> this moment. They just look at each other and laugh. Like, And I really like that, the sort of instant camaraderie between those two. That was fantastic. Um, <laughs> now, I've try- been trying to keep up. I know Kat calls uh, Rimmer a goalpost mm-hmm. head. Um, <laughs> does he have a nickname for Crichton yet? Uh, not yet. Hmm. I, I haven't so. heard of one. Okay. I'll keep an ear out for that then. Cat's way of thinking is, is funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're they're definitely gonna have to change the programming thing for Crichton and give him uh the authority to to resist mm. orders mm. from Rimmer. I don't know, it's funnier this way. Yeah. Uh, they can, they can get some mileage out of it, but uh, if Rimmer's going to be a psychopath, <laughs> they've, they've got to come up with with some way of keeping him in check. Anything okay, so else what, on this episode? What happened next? Like the ending, sort of. I don't remember it very well. Um, they, they did, Rimmer did the same thing and had Crichton kidnap Cat and stole his body. Yes. Yes, and, and Crichton was apologizing to Lister, even as he did it to somebody else. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I like, I, they're, they're working Crichton into the plot more. I, I, I'm, I'm not minding Crichton so much nowadays. I kind of want, though, a, a full-on Crichton episode again to where I can just, where we can really see him put the character through its paces and figure out. I want him to be a main character in an episode rather than an ancillary character to, to move the plot forward mm-hmm. uh, by by doing the necessary comic shtick. Um, and, and that's probably coming. Maybe a Crichton POV episode. Ooh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I like that. That is the best idea ever. Uh-huh. 
but you know, kind of like they did with cat, with with the cat religion and everything, um, to where we can get a better idea of, of his viewpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Crichton POV or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they could do the camera thing where he looks like a, the Dalek cam. Yep. <laughs> and have have the Terminator thing where little factoids pop out, pop up when he looks at different characters. Yes. Yes, that would be great. And then he'll look at Cat and it'll say, you know, advanced feline life form, reminder, compliment clothing. <laughs> oh, good morning, Cat. I love your outfit today, sir. You know. <laughs> yes, if they haven't done this episode, they need to. Yes, we will write to them and say in season 10, providing that everyone is still around, because you know, we're really not sure. Cat may have killed the rest of the crew and, and is wearing their skins as suits by now. Yes! Um, and the whole series is just Cat uh, on the ship alone, praising his own greatness for 30 minutes. Yes, and Cat made Crichton into metal accessories. Yes. Shiny shoes. <laughs> for his traveling feet. Going back to that, um, I've got a ton of notes here on scenes that we haven't even touched on. Oh yeah. Oh, hit it. Um, See that you, you can interrupt us at any time. This show needs more Shane, um, <laughs> or or more Sean. Yes. <laughs> so. I've got I've got a spit personality. Have you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sauna scene. Sauna scene. Yes. Ah, yes. Yeah, uh, he's looking at the Mess and Fitness mags. Okay, if they have a sauna on ship and nothing else to do, why are you ever not in the sauna? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're too busy playing better than life. True. Or poker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The sauna scene, that was actually... Uh, Robert Llewellyn, that's Crichton, uh, first day on filming. Because as normal for sitcoms, some of the location filming was shot in block before the rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And because it was a sauna, and we all know how hot things can get inside the sauna. In the suit... Because unfortunately, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't it doesn't actually appear in the final episode, um, because it was um, it was cut and it's been lost in the archives in the BBC somewhere. Um, yeah, right next to the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was um, supposed to come in and lit a cigar for this slash Rimmer in the yeah. sauna. Ah, yeah. So first of all, he's it's what a hundred degrees or so uh-huh. in the suit. The sweat, poor guy, was dripping off him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they called us. There was there was supposed to be a spit, um, special effect, as I was mentioned. Um, it was special. No, it was actually supposed to. It was supposed to um, light candles. For Zister's dinner, with a flame ignited at the end of his finger. Aww. A device was built into Croton's glove, which was essentially a cigarette lighter attached to some wires, which a special effects team operated from behind the camera. 
The special effects guys did it on themselves. It worked perfectly. However, but in the Crichton suit. in the in the Crichton <laughs> suit, Robert Llewellyn sweat caused the equipment to short circuit. Ah! So, whenever the flame was due to appear, it fell to work, and Robert was jolted with an electric shock. <laughs> <laughs> And so, his uh, pained twitching and screaming gave them the idea to do the stupid Max Headroom effect, where he goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, my. How he stayed with the, how he stayed with the series after that, I have not got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Llewellyn. Oh. Well, uh, we know that Red Dwarf is not kind to his actors. Uh, no. Not always. Unfortunately, uh, that lovely model shot that we mentioned them flying through the Rocky X thing, unfortunately, that wouldn't re- the remastered version, that would have completely replaced it by a CGI version. Uh, it got Lucas. Yeah, it got Lucas. Don't like CGI? No, do I. Not, not in Red Dwarf, anyway. It, yeah, it's... Um, I have... I personally haven't seen it, but apparently it looked awful. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's funny that I just... I didn't take note of, of the model shots like I did the first time. I guess I've gotten used to them. But yeah, I mean, it's it's good model work. I, um, I think they sort of reused the footage of it breaking that mountain a couple of times during the chase. But, you know, hmm. oh well. And also, the, the major thing... None of you have both, both you, Heath and Angela have not picked up on that major, major thing. thing. As salute, this was filmed without an audience. Oh, hmm. because of the because obviously they had to um, overdub everything. Right. Yeah. Know, it was actually originally shot without an audience, and it was then shown. Um, to, an, to a small audience, that's where they got the laugh track from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I typically just block the laugh track out. Mm. So I, I didn't notice any difference. It caused, it caused us... Yeah, it actually caused a small problem. Because when they were filming, they knew where the laughs were going to be, so obviously they stopped. You know, and waited for the imaginary laugh. Then they, carried, then right. they were going to carry on. Yeah. Slight problem when they laugh so much at one particular joke, three or three or four others would come along before they stopped laughing. So when they got to the cutting room, it was almost impossible to use a track of the audience laughter. It, it was just over everything. In the end, it was had to be shown to a different studio audience, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where they got the laugh track from. Yeah, there were sound issues all over the place in this episode. Mm. Like, the main thing that irritated me about the voiceover wasn't necessarily that they did it, mm-hmm. but that the voices sound so quiet. Mm. Yeah, and I felt like, um, along with that, that Lister especially, his timing and his delivery was just a little off. Mm-hmm. Um he didn't seem quite as quite in character 
for himself, if that makes sense. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know why that should, well, you know, I guess it's just a different experience filming live and then getting into a studio and talking to a microphone, but um, it just, it, it felt a little wrong, a little off for some reason. Mm. And that big, big set that, um, well, it wasn't actually a set, it was when Cat and, well, Lister slash Lister Rimmer. Mm-hmm. Right. Listerine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listerine. <laughs> that we and they were walking down that walking down that lovely big staircase trying to discuss how to get um Lister well, Rimmer back. Mm-hmm. You know that huge wide expanse. That was actually filmed in the power station. Oh, cool. It looks right for a uh, spaceship. Mm. Yep. It was um, P- Paddyham Power Station in Lancashire, England. And it was closed in 1993. Of course, with this spaceship, cool. all you need is a lot of metal, a lot of exposed girders. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything that looks like a depressing warehouse with mm-hmm. a few more, you know, technical things around. And corridors. corridors. Corridors, yes. Lots of corridors. Preferably with an inexplicably hexagonal shape. Because <laughs> it looks spaceshipy. Mm-hmm. They've got to be ocean grey as well. Yes. Or military grey. Uh, not military grey. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to change from. Ocean Grey to Military Grey periodically. Mm. Keep things fresh. Yes. Yes. Alright. Any other notes on this up? Um, a bit of a controversial one. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Um, some... Well, let's skip that one then. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, in the scene where this does, well, Rimmer thinks he's lost an arm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, some people think there's a boom shadow, a major boom shadow happening. Mm. It's possible. I mean, I, I didn't notice it, though, because he was in the middle of a room that had been destroyed. Exactly. So yeah. it's quite easy to believe that, that there was just a hanging girder or rafter or something or piece of metal. Ex- exactly. Ex- that's exactly what I think. But some people think that's a, that's a boom shadow. Even if it is, it yeah, works yeah, exactly, for the shot. Exactly. Yeah. But some, yeah. I agree with you 100%. And considering that there's a lot of shows that have better budgets, that have boom mics just dipping into the scenes willy-nilly, then I think a boom shadow is not quite as big a deal (laughs) as that. No. I don't know. I once uh, paid money to go see Sex in the City 2. I don't know why I did that, but I did that. And there were several scenes, and this was supposed to be a movie with a huge budget. Um, but there were several scenes where they had people talking in a room, and like the boom mic dips into the frame multiple times, and, and it was sad. The movie was really bad, too. 
Well, I have to say, I'm lucky enough never to have seen that uh, movie. Yeah, I haven't um, haven't seen that one. <laughs> or the first movie, for that matter. So they were unnecessary. <laughs> I know I'm in the minority as the only woman here. So <laughs> you are. All right. Well, uh, moving on then. Let's do some feedback quotes and an ad. What order should we do those in? Let's do the feedback. Feedback. Speaking of mics, let's have some feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I'll be here all week. Uh, Madeline Eaton says that we should have a smeg drinking game. And yes, we did have lots of smegging going on. This was a smeg-rich episode. More smeg than usual. Mm. More smeg that you can shake a smeg at. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ewan Ankhorn says, It's not one of my favorites from this series, but Body Swap is still very good. Some more beautiful model shots, and Rimmer abusing Lister's body provides a lot of good comedy. That about sums it up. Yes, sir. True enough. Uh, Let's see. A few calls for the... uh, the deleted video voiceover, or the deleted scenes before the voiceovers, yes. which mm-hmm. we've talked about. And we did. Um, Watch that. Uh, Claire Rachel says, one of my favorite episodes. Smiley face. Smiley. Cool. Yeah, yay. Uh, Nutty Nujas says, when it airs, can someone link the clip of... Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got yeah, we that already. Yeah. Um, and she mourns also, Lister's Also, I mourn Lister's locks. Yes, don't we all? <laughs> Uh, Anthony James. That's a quote. Uses a quote, Skip the which quote. we're not going to do. Uh, Nick Quinn says, "Ooh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Wait. Okay, that's. Oh yeah. For a split second there, uh, Heath will think that it's that. Think that's in canon with future echoes. Ooh, how I wait for that bit of the podcast. Yes, I, they they totally got me, Nick. You're right. The arm thing. I. Uh, yep. Totally thought that's where they were going. I'm glad that they're going to play with that too, and that also shows an awareness that they do have some future canon to live up to. So I'm expecting them to do so at some point. Uh, Nettie continues with Rimmer's gag on Lister is the best funniest thing he's ever done. Had me rolling on the floor every time. And Sam continues, saying, love Crichton in this episode. It runs with the whole idea that at this point his guilt uh, chip is so overpowering when Rimmer orders him to do bad things. Um, That's a quote. I won't say it. That said, my my favorite joke has to be the improv where Kat drops the tape into the cup. Fantastic. And here's a clip. And we watch the clip. Thank you, Sam. And who wants to read Jay? Jay writes a lot. He did, doesn't he? Jay writes a lot. great. Keep Uh, it up, Jay. Keep it up. Really interesting discussion last episode, and on the board, about potential racism with Cat's bum persona, how something blah 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 blah. Uh, That stuff never even crossed my mind. Yeah, we talked about that a lot lot on the forums. We'll just leave it there. (laughs) Um, 
I really enjoyed the lead into the episode, uh, the reasoning why they have to do a mind swap uh, in the first place, and the episode going from there. That's a good point, Jay, that they didn't just, now we have to do a mind swap, mm-hmm. that they came up with a legitimate plot for for uh, why it was necessary. Cat uh, dropping Lister's mini-cassette mind into the mug of coffee, and Rimmer's facials get me every time. Yeah. Uh, try to disregard the fact that we've seen Rimmer recoil at the smell of Lister's moon boots and noting the distinctive smell of camphor wood. Maybe it's just some kind of muted replication of what he would smell rather than the real thing. Yeah, again, the holograms being able to smell. That's weird stuff. Uh, but yeah, good theory. Maybe the sensors that determine where he is and how he is seen pick up smells and translate them for him. I don't know. Uh, it's quite <laughs> odd hearing the voiceover redubbing of Rimmer and Lister's voice. Maybe it would have been too ridiculous to have the actors impersonate each other for the entire episode, or maybe the point of the body swap wouldn't have gotten across well enough if they didn't spell it out. Overall, a very fun, but I'd agree, quite gimmicky idea. I'm not sure, wait, I'm sure well-worn in 2012, but not in 1989. I don't know, body swap was pretty big even then. Yeah. But, still. I mean... uh, but the premise is perfect for sci-fi, true, and set up for lots of jokes, also true. So many excellent quotes in this episode. Hopefully you get to them all. Hopefully I forgot to write any down. Um, a fun episode. Some hilarious moments, but not one of my favorites. 8 out of 10. Uh, or in the European uh, way of keeping a score, that would be 10 out of 8. Um, keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Trey. And that's our feedback. Yay! Yay. Thank you for the feedback. Yeah, we had some interesting discussions on the board this time around, so. It was all good stuff. All good stuff, yeah. And again, there are, there are certain areas where I think that there are some just cultural discrepancies and and how we're trained to look at things or or not look at things and and that you know, don't don't think that we're being hard on the show. We're not. Um, no. We point that, that out about with getting... any show. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about what different people see in the show. Um, it's all cool stuff. All right, so that's uh, that's feedback. Speaking of feedback, uh, we like to give feedback to people who are awesome, uh, among those being uh, Nutty Nujas. So uh, maybe you should check out her awesome show, too. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlas.org slash blog. All right, it is that time, folks. Let's get some rating done. Um, who wants to go first? What, Ross? Russ, Russ as you're you the guest? Are, you are, oh. Yeah. oh. I'll go first if you like. Go ahead, please. Okay. Yes. My rating is seven hernia prevention belts out of ten. <laughs> nice. I forgot about that. <laughs> cool beans. Oh. Yeah. Paul, what sayest thou? Um, I will give it a seven and a half giant plates of mashed potato out of ten. 
Alright, Stoma cool. rating system. I'll go first else. and let you think of another one. Alright, well, yeah, Shane, why, why don't you go? I'm going to give it... Um, hmm. I can't think of a rating system, actually. <laughs> Myself! My goodness. I, I have one, I have okay. one. Um, I will give it 7 out of 10 uh, samples of carbon-dated fingernail scum. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it 7 mad scutters. Ah, uh, that was my secondary rating system. Okay, uh-huh. okay, I gotta come up with something. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with seven, as everyone else did. Seven out of ten. Uh, sudden realization of different male sexual organs. Okay. <laughs> Bit of a metaphorical one there, but <laughs> abstract concept, but it, it I counts. I did my best. <laughs> yeah, this episode, I, I thought, I, I would describe this episode as solid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't my favorite. Um, I think some of the, the things with the voiceover didn't work quite as well as it might have. Um, and the plot was, it was good. It wasn't just mind-blowingly hilarious or great. Um I think it's a good filler episode, and I'm curious to see where where the show goes. You know, yeah. it's um, nothing wrong with it, nothing particularly outstanding with it uh, for for me. Uh, it was a gimmick episode, and Jay, I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, <laughs> it, it was a gimmick episode. It was still good, and it still had some nice character moments. But uh, well, Jay called it gimmicky it, too. Oh, he did. There you go. Uh, <laughs> And again, vocal cords. Why? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So. Anyway, quotes. Quote time. All right, Russ, you are the guest, so you get first quote. Well, I get to choose the best ones, do I? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, urine should only be green if you're Mr. Spock. <laughs> nice. I thought I thought you'd like that as a Star Trek reference. Yay. Yay. There you go. <laughs> Take take that girdle off. It doesn't suit me. <laughs> cool. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, um, let's, let's let everybody do one in that way. Yeah. We won't use them all up <laughs> quite. Uh, Angela, why don't you go next? Uh, that was a very dumb thing you just did there. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I just love the deadpan nice. way that Kat said, that was a very dumb thing you just did there. I will go with we have three realistic alternatives one, sit here and get blown up two, stand here and get blown up three, jump up and down shout at me for not being able to think of anything then get blown up yeah, I miss that Holly hasn't been doing very much Mm. that was her only scene in in the entire episode Holly Holly said that they did not ask um, about them not having a bomb, but she told them that they were getting blown up. True. I think Holly just really screws with them. <laughs> For no no reason at all. I knew that. Mm. Oh, Smeg. What the Smeg Smeg is he smegging done? He smegging killed me. <laughs> 
That was pretty good. Is it my and turn? And if you're playing the drinking game. Yeah, go yes, ahead, Paul. Go yeah, go ahead, Paul. Look at my stomach. Look at it. Paint Goodyear down my side and you can float me over the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, Alright, Russ, did you have another one? Okay, yeah. Lucky you didn't order a double cheeseburger. Ah, uh, there goes my secondary nice. one. <laughs> oh, no. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, look, it's Captain Chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Look, I know it's a stupid idea, and there's a high chance of you being a gibbering vegetable for the rest of your life, but if the rest of your life's only 30 seconds, what the hell? <laughs> You're getting my underwear, Bill, buddy. <laughs> Abandon ship. You've got 30 minutes and 45 seconds to destination. Cancel! Cancel! You have 12 minutes and 45 seconds to... Cancel! You have 10 minutes and 45 seconds to... <laughs> you have nine minutes and forty-five seconds. Yeah. Hmm. I like how it was, uh, it was always forty-five seconds. <laughs> hmm. I won't read out the whole scene, but I did like um, that in cat language. J o z x y q k is the word for when you get your sexual organs trapped in something. <laughs> is it in the dictionary? Well, it could be if you're reading in the news and close the book too quick. Joswick! <laughs> nice impression. Okay, I'm out of quotes. So am I. Well, I've got one more if you're desperate for one. Oh, please do, please do. No, you have the floor, my friend. Something's wrong. Something's different. Hold on. I never used to be a man. Oh, Carol. <laughs> Carol Brown. So, yeah, has that name ever been mentioned before? No. I no. Think so. No, but he's not. No. no. Yeah. Oh, well. So yeah, um, I liked this episode. I'm kind of kind of anxious now for them to get back to a uh, to a plotty episode, you know, dealing with their future or getting back home mm-hmm. or uh, or you know maybe bringing in another character somehow. I, th- I think it's about time for that. Uh, I I can like I, I like the gimmick episodes and the laugh episodes, but um, I either want deeper exploration of a current character, looking at you, Crichton. <laughs> Don't look at me, sir. Uh, or, um, or you know, something to move the plot forward and for them to bring in other characters. So, I'm hoping that's what we will see soon. Speaking of what we will see soon, uh, Shane, what uh, is our homework for next week? Our homework for next week is... Time Slides. Time Slides. Well, we've already I'm... had an episode where they go back to the past, and we've also had time future slides. echoes. Yeah, time slides. Well, let's see. We have time flies when you're having fun. So when does time slide? <laughs> um, oh, it's going to be like sliders. Yes, <laughs> it will be like sliders. Um, it, I know what time slides is though. It's kind of like the time warp and the electric slide put together. So it's just a jump to the left, 
and then you clap your hands and take two steps back. And I step to the right. Uh, let's see, time slides. Yeah, we didn't uh, yeah. watch so clearly we're... last night. <laughs> <laughs> clearly we're going to have some sort of... Um, some sort of, of, of time travel shenanigans. Um, but, I mean, what can they do that they haven't already done? Maybe this is tying back into the plot of the future and the past and, and what what happens. Maybe. Um, I can't see, though, what this episode was leading up to in terms of that, so it, it's hard to, hard to guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe there'll be, like, rampant time speed-ups and slowdowns. Around. Oh no! Fast forwarding and slow motion instead of running the film backwards. Uh huh. E. Maybe. That. <laughs> but you know what? If if they do that, as long as there's other stuff in the episode, that will be okay. <laughs> um. I don't think we're going to have a repeat of backwards where there was little else to the episode. That that was our real complaint with yeah. that. Not that it was a film trick episode, but that. We lost a lot of the characters and, and didn't really um, get to talk to them or see them much. Um, so yeah, may, maybe maybe instead of a time travel episode, it'll be a, it'll be another film film toying with shtick episode. Maybe. I'm I'm gonna still guess time travel though, and and figure because I want to see more with the future echoes timeline, and I think it's about time for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, join us next week. Find out who is right and who is dead. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. That's that's not what we do. Uh, when we watch time slides. Thank Before you for we listening. go, uh, Russ. Thank you for uh, coming in at the last minute to uh, to join us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Before we go, Heath. Hope you. We yes. have. Uh, we haven't done our usual of how people can get in contact with us. Well, that is true. Uh, yeah. So to get in contact with us, uh, go to the Facebook group, which now, let me check right now for our final, we have 57 members. What? We have broken the 50-member barrier. We are on our way, folks. That's right. Look out, potential cast, with your 300 members. <laughs> we have more than 50 now. And uh, It's amazing. No, it's, you guys are awesome. You know, we're... We are we are uh, very flattered that 57 people. Well, okay, we're we're in that group, but yeah. 53 people uh, <laughs> take time uh, to be on our Facebook group, and and that lots of folks out there are listening to our uh, crazy rambling. Uh, it's it's really great, and uh, so yeah, join the Facebook group. It's the uh, the Red Book uh, <clears throat> the face. Hang on, the Face Dwarf Intro Pod something. Okay, Red Dwarf Intro Cast. <laughs> The Red Dwarf Intro Cast on Facebook. You can email us at uh, the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can Twitter us at twitter.com slash Red Dwarf Intro. You should definitely hop onto iTunes and subscribe to our feed and uh, give us a rating. Um, we have more UK listeners than we do uh, uh, stateside listeners, so we really need all the ratings that we can get on both sides of, of the pond here. Uh, so that uh, the whole world knows how awesome we are. Yes. Um, oh, and there's a spoilers Facebook group now. There is a spoilers Facebook group. Yeah. So, as you know, Angela and I, we're newbies. Uh, we're taking this one episode at a time, so you can get our fresh, per- uh, often flawed perspectives on the show. Yeah. Um, 
so we can't look ahead. And if you want to talk about things that are coming ahead, uh, join our potential spoilers group, which is... Or just spoilers. No, group. hold on. Just not potential spoilers. <laughs> our Red Dwarf spoilers. What's the spoiler group called? I can't go to it, so I don't know. It's the Red Dwarf Intercast Spoilers page. Well, there you go. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Again, we stole yet another idea from potential cast having the spoiler page. But I also um, felt bad about that people wanted to talk about Red Dwarf in the Facebook group, but then like had to dance around certain issues. So there, you don't yes. have to dance. You can just talk. Especially since, I mean, there's so much happening right now with Series 10 and everything yeah. that you definitely can't talk about on the Red Dwarf Introcast page. So that'll give you some room. And, you know, you can speculate on how we will uh, react to Series 10, um, which we should get to at our current rate in uh, 2097. <laughs> so In three million years, then <laughs> we will be there. We will, we will be caught up. All right, so that's that's how to get in touch with us. Please do, because we love hearing from you. And we will uh, be with you again next week. Bye! Cheerio! Bye. Goodbye.